This is the Other Side Sports Podcast. My name is Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, what's up, brother? Oh, man, not too much. Under the weather this weekend, man, I, I don't know what it is about this Virginia weather, but we just don't have fall anymore. Because right from two weeks ago, I was wearing shorts to last weekend. I've been bundled up like an Eskimo. It's been in like the 30s, you know, highs in the mid 40s for the whole week. We went right from right from 70s right to the 30s. So this weather change has definitely got us under the weather, but too much stuff to talk about this weekend for me to to take off on the pod today. So, man, I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, man, absolutely, man. <clears throat> hope hope hopefully you'll feel better, man. You know, sports is the best medicine and everything, but uh yeah, it's actually a little it's actually a little cool here in Georgia. I think the high today is supposed to be, I think, 60. And and I and I know that's probably you're like, holy crap. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a little wind. Uh, you know, it's still pretty decent weather. But yeah, man, the, the leaves are definitely all different colors. So it looks beautiful outside. So so fall is in the air, man. And just like you say, for you, it may be winter. <laughs> it, yeah, th- there's no fall here anymore, man. We go right to right to the winter time like i say we're hitting the mid 20s at nighttime and you know in the day we're in the mid 40s so it just just we didn't have a fall this year went right to this cold stuff gotcha gotcha well look man let's get started we talked about a lot of things uh we don't meet guys we just actually you know text each other and say hey i'm gonna talk about this i'm gonna talk about that and so one of the things i'm gonna talk about um before we get into the meat of the pod um is uh, I was going to eulogize LeBron James. <laughs> so, but, so have you changed your mind? Are you not going uh, to do that? No, no. So here I go. All right. So basically, man, let, let, let's talk about it. Year 19, right? Uh, year 19 of LeBron is, to me, the 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 the... the it, it, it's the downside of of LeBron, all right? And and let me let me. I'm not overreacting. I'm not being prisoner at the moment. But if you look at it, this man has been probably one of the most durable athletes that we've ever seen, right? Absolutely. I mean, just just I mean, just built for tough man. But here in the past. Uh, I would say his whole entire time with the Lakers, if you look at it objectively, right, when he came in 2019, you know, they got off to a good start. Um, They were fourth in the West before he went out. uh, I think it was Christmas Day against the Warriors. Um, And uh, he had a groin injury back then. I think he wound up missing, golly, probably wound up missing about a month and a half, almost two months. Then he came back. Um, he just wasn't the same, right? So, you know, he chalked that up. Okay, he got injury, first major injury in his career. 2020, you know, Lakers got off to a good start. AD was brought in. Um, and then the pandemic happened, right? So the league shut down for three months. LeBron got basically 90, I think it was 94 days of league was shut down. So he got rest, came back like a house of fire. Lakers won the championship, right? Last year, uh, LeBron got injured, and, and albeit it wasn't his doing, Solomon Hill, for whatever reason, on a random freaking Saturday afternoon in L.A., he decides to die for a freaking loose ball in the second quarter. The start of the second quarter, and he freaking injures LeBron's leg, right? 
And LeBron was out for about a month and probably about a month and a half with that high ankle uh, uh, injury. Okay. Lakers flamed out. AD got. But now, 2021 season, um, he had, uh, I forgot what game it was, but a guy got near his ankle, kind of hit it a little bit, but it wasn't that much of an impact. But I think the injury is in his head now, you know, so he sat out a couple of games, came back, was on a house of fire against uh, Mr. Houston Rocket, had some explosive dunks. But what happened after he had that last explosive dunk was he, he messed up his, his uh, abdominal area, okay? And now he's out another it's, – it's right now it's a week to two weeks. So what I'm saying is it, it, it's just it, – the writing's on the wall, man. You, you, he's got over 70 – I think it's 72,000 minutes on his body, right? He looks great, bro, but – the body cannot withstand that anymore. And unfortunately um, it's going to be downhill for my Lakers, man. I, I mean, yeah, they're five and four. You got a lot of teams that are five and four, but we got a brutal schedule coming up, man. We play Milwaukee. We play Miami. We play Portland tonight. We just got some, some grueling games coming up and where it looks like we're not going to have LeBron or even not going to have AD Mr. Glass. And man, I just tell you, Anthony, I think this thing is going to be a rough roller coaster ride for the Lakers. And I'm here to say that, uh, um, you know, I respect everything, but uh, the writing's on the wall, man. And and <clears throat> undoubtedly, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. And uh, yeah, man. So that's where we're at. I'm a realist. I'm not going to give up on the Lakers, but I, I can tell you that this will not end well, bro. So that's it. All right. So let me fire off here. <laughs> got some counterpoints here to what you got going on. So I, I agree with the baseline of your premise here. Okay. And that is uh, father time stops for nobody. Right. So there's nobody that takes care of their body like LeBron James. We can agree on that. But he's 36 years old. He's at year 19. He's really, at 36 years old, he, he has minutes like he's in his 40s because he started so early, played the Olympics all those years. Just the, the sure vast amount of playoff minutes he has is like another, what, two seasons? Because he goes deep into the finals, you know, basically every year. Actually, um, they said it, it, it accumulates to about four seasons now. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, man, the, the miles are there. Um and I agree a lot of LeBron was ultra durable throughout his essentially his entire career till he got to the Lakers over the last few years. And now he's just, it's been nothing super major injury, but it's just been a lot of soft tissue, just kind of beat up type of injuries. Right. So do I think LeBron can sustain a 82 game schedule uh, for the rest of his career? I don't think he ever will. I think he always now, you know, he's probably got, in my opinion, I think LeBron's got about four years left. I think he'll play till he's 40. Wow. Um, and I think that he is going to be a 50-game guy for these next four years. Um, but with that being said, I think the Lakers knew this, and that was one of the reasons why they went and got Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. And, of course, you call him <laughs> – I got a chuckle out of that, Mr. Glass um, – to, to a pair with Mr. Glass so that 
that they, when LeBron is out, they can still win basketball games. So I'm not going to eulogy LeBron's career because I believe that, you know, even if he only plays 50 games a year, if he's healthy come playoff time, you do not want to see LeBron James in the playoffs. And I think, you know, he, he is going to do everything to get his body right for when the time matters. Right now, games in November, I just don't think LeBron cares that much, just to be real. Um, Especially because, you know, we know what the Western Conference is right now. Yeah, it's tough, but when the rubber meets the road, when they get to the playoffs, I think, you know, if LeBron is healthy, I think the Lakers are going to be one of the top two or three best teams. So I really, you know, feel that way. So I still think LeBron could win another championship or maybe even two before his career is over. The timing's just got to be right. And he's got to avoid the major injuries. It's all been, you know, abdominal strains, high ankles, that kind of stuff. But he hasn't torn anything. He hasn't had an ACL, Achilles. You know, Skip was comparing him to Kobe Bryant, but, at the end of Kobe's days, but I didn't like that comparison because I thought Kobe, you know, the Achilles is what killed Kobe at the end of his career. You know, that, that, that Achilles tear, that's just a horrible injury when you're older. So I don't think LeBron is quite that yet. Um, Now, when it comes to the Lakers in general for basketball this year, I'm seeing some, some issues, you know, as a Clippers fan, I'm looking at it from the outside. You're my Lakers insider. So I asked you, texted you about some stuff this week. One thing that I will say, the, the Lakers have had an ultra soft schedule 10 games into the year, and they really haven't taken advantage of it. They're what? Are they 5-4 and four right now? Is that correct? Yeah, they're 5-4. and four. They should be 7-2. and two. And, and, and in reality, with if you looked at this schedule, I bet you're thinking 8-1 and one before the year, right? I mean, this yeah, is absolutely. a pretty easy schedule. They've lost two games to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, those are the only two games the Thunder won, which I will say before I move on, Ben, that Gilchrist Alexander, he might be a star, right? Am I, I missed the boat on him. What do you think about that kid? He's pretty good. Yeah, he reminds me of a he, he he reminds me of a Kawhi, you know, very quiet, very unassuming, but just deadly. Yeah. Yep. He 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 really when when he hit when he hit that uh that dagger three from the logo, man, I wanted to come through the TV at him, man. I really did. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and remember, he started his career in, with the Clippers. Um, we got rid of him. Yeah. In one of, I believe to get Paul George. Um, yeah. He was part yeah, of that package yeah. deal to get Paul George. But anyway, um, I, I think the big issue with the Lakers right now, Russell Westbrook is just, I mean, to me, he just, he's got to go. It's not going to fit, man. I, I'm convinced. I've seen enough already to where I can tell you that Westbrook's not going to fit. He thinks he's a star of his show still. He is jacking up some horrible shots. He just can't shoot. And I think that's really affecting the Lakers. Westbrook's the takeover guy, and he just can't take over. And AD, I don't know, man. AD's often injured, but he's also passive as hell. I watch a lot of these games, and AD is content with letting Russell Westbrook take over. And that's not what the Lakers, you know, at this point in his career, AD should be taking over these games. So, you know, we're only 10 games in. Like I say, I think you're right. I think LeBron's going to be up and down with injuries probably for the rest of his career. But don't – I'm not going to sell you guys out yet because I believe when the rubber meets the road and we get to playoff time, I think the Lakers are going to be right back at it. And I feel the same way about the Clippers, man. The Clippers won last night. They're up at 4-4. Four and four. They haven't played great. Bledsoe's playing horrible. You called that – pretty much before the year you didn't like that move yeah he's and now i see why because bledsoe is playing just absolute garbage paul george is actually really having a 
outstanding year so far this year. It's just kind of going unnoticed because they're only four and four. But I put the Clippers right there with the Lakers, man. The the Clippers are just waiting. They know they've got to hang out around 500 until, you know, I'm hearing Kawhi might be back now two weeks before the season's over. I'm hearing that he's actually ahead of schedule with that ACL. So, you know, if the Clippers are the five or six seed, the Lakers are the five and six seed, but they get a healthy Bron and a healthy Kawhi back, it really doesn't matter because, you know, both of those teams can run the table when fully healthy. Yeah, man. And and just as I try to bury LeBron, I just kind of look at his stats a little bit. <clears throat> He's averaging 25, 7, uh, 6 rebounds on 35% three-point shooting and 47% field goal percentage. Yeah, he shot the ball very well from yeah. three this year so far. Very yeah. well. So I'm I'm gonna go have a seat in the corner right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, yeah, don't don't bury him yet. I say, hang out because I still think at the end of the year, I'm telling you, and I know that it's our teams, but I don't care what Phoenix does, I don't care what Utah does, Denver does to get to the finals in the West this year. You're gonna have to go through LeBron, and you're gonna have to go through Kawhi. And I, I really believe that the Kawhi being out and this confidence that Paul George has put on himself after the playoff run last year and what he's carried into this year, I think the Clippers might be ultra dangerous when they get Kawhi back with his new confidence that Paul George has. So I'm honestly, it's sitting at four and four. I'm pretty confident in my team right now. Although I do don't think Bledsoe's gonna work. I think he's going to have to go to the bench, and I think Terrence Mann's going to have to take his spot in the starting lineup sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, I, I like what Paul George is doing. Um, he's playing excellent ball. Man, is I, I told you what I thought of Terrence Mann, and you guys just have an excellent coach. I really, really like Ty Lue, bro. So he'll hold that. He'll hold that afloat until you know Kawhi gets back. And yeah, I mean. With the Lakers, I got—I mean, the Lakers haven't had a—I mean, they, they're just a freaking mass unit, bro. So I, you know, that, and I guess that's the downside of having an older team, you know. And so we'll see, man. You, just like you say, both teams can just kind of stay, <clears throat> not necessarily even in the top four, but they can stay in that, you know, out of the play, the, the playing game. Yes, and yep. just kind of be around that five, five. Six, five seed. I think both teams will be okay, man. Well, look, let's let's uh. <clears throat> Let's switch gears. We're going to talk NFL. We're not going to talk our Cowboys right now. I'm going to let you have the floor, and we're going to talk about Mr. Aaron Rodgers. So I turn the, uh, I, I, I turn it over to you, and I will listen. All right, man. So we had heard this week, big news came out. Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Wasn't a huge surprise considering COVID had been running fairly rampant through the Packers. Uh, you remember Lazard and Devontae missed that Thursday night game, uh, you know, last week against the Cardinals. Um, so that came out. But then we start hearing about Aaron Rodgers, you know, is going to be out a minimum of 10 days. And the questions start to come like, wait a minute, 10 days? Thought he was vaccinated. Uh, you know, Le- Aaron Rodgers actually quoted the press and said, I am. Uh, they, he said, "Yes, I am immune to COVID," is what he told uh, reporters before yeah, the Im- year. Im- Im- immunized, does he immunized, call it? <laughs> immunized, yeah. immunized is what he called it. Yeah, and then he went on to, you know, they asked him about the vaccine, and he he said, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, bash those guys who are unvaccinated because, uh, you know, that's their personal choice. 
uh, bro, that's you. What do you mean that's your per- their personal choice? That's you. So we found out basically Aaron Lott Rodgers is a freaking liar. That's all there is to it. I'm, I hear all this, you know, well, he used this word and he thought he was, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a liar. That's the bottom line. He thought he was getting one over. Aaron Rodgers thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. So he thinks when he says he's immunized that, you know, people are like, you know, oh, well, I didn't mean I was vaccinated. I meant I was immunized because he took some kind of therapy, I guess, some kind of heliopathic therapy that he thought immunized him. Now, just, man, let me tell you. So I'll start off with this before I really get into in yesterday, his podcast with McAfee was even worse. But I'll start off with this. Um The vaccine, I personally believe that that is your choice if you want to get the vaccine. So I'm not going to kill Aaron Rodgers for being unvaccinated. To me, that's not the issue. Same with Kyrie. Kyrie's not vaccinated and, you know, he's sitting out games because of the laws in New York. I'm fine with that. That's your personal choice. I like the freedoms we have in this country. And to me, the vaccine, I know that's controversial. Some people think it should be mandatory. Me personally, I'm not going to kill you, you you know, if you make the choice for your body but for Rodgers to blatantly lie about it and then to put all those reporters you know at at um at risk as he sits there in the press conference with no mask on all the reporters thinks he's vaccinated every week he does that then after the game he's shaking hands with guys you know talking to everybody no mask on you know there's some other quarterbacks Carson Wentz Kirk Cousins come to mind they have been outspoken anti-vaxxers and if you watch these guys I just watched Carson on Thursday night he had his mask on the whole time he was in the sidelines at halftime and after the game Rodgers hasn't done that all year man because he knew that this lie that he went tried to get over, it, it was going to enable him to do what he wanted. And Green Bay Packers are not, uh, you know, I'm not giving them a pass either because they knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't vaccinated. They freaking knew, and they didn't care because he's the star of the team, and they wanted to let him get away with whatever he wanted. So it just makes me sick to my stomach, man. And then I hear yesterday – Rodgers gets on there and starts talking again like he's the smartest guy in the room and says, well, you know, I wanted to treat COVID, so I called Joe Rogan to see how he beat it. Not a doctor. (laughs) He didn't call a doctor. He didn't, you know, get a hold of one of the Green Bay team doctors or the millions of dollars of people. He calls Joe Rogan to see what he's going to do. Man, this guy, Aaron Rodgers, we've been – me and you have – I think we're both – we're kind of – questioning his character over how he's acted the last couple of years. But frankly, man, I'm just totally done with him now. I mean, for him to come out, lie about that kind of stuff, put everybody at risk. He's ultimately just selfish. That's what he is. Um, I, I'm not taking anything away from the talent he has on the field. Um, and then last, there was an Instagram video from Mercedes Lewis, his tight end last week, Rogers at a freaking Halloween party dressed up like John Wick around a bunch of people last week. So, like, where do you think you got COVID from? You're not vaccinated. You're at a Halloween party around thousands of people or however many was at this huge party. I mean, it's just that ridiculous. And the NFL needs to come down and do something. I mean, it's just crazy. This is the I've never seen anything like this in sports where a superstar lies about something like this. I know he's obviously out because of COVID until next Saturday. But if I'm the NFL, 
I'm suspending him another two. If he if he can come back against Seattle next week, I sit I suspend him that game and I suspend him the one after that. I make sure that he misses three games and I'm taking Green Bay's first round draft pick away. Cause like I said, there's no way Green Bay didn't know about this. I mean, what did Aaron Rodgers have a fake vaccination card or something? I mean, give me a break. So Man, I don't even know what else to say, man. So I'm I'm interested in your thoughts. I haven't heard about your thoughts yet on the situation, but honestly, man, it just makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, the, the thing that the thing that uh, that bothers me is, like you say, just the smugness of him, uh, the smugness to be able to. Uh, you know, think that you could do that. Um, kudos to Wentz and Cousins and anybody else who's been unvaccinated in a team environment and 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 have followed all the protocols in terms of mask and you know what I'm saying, everything that they need to do to make sure they're not endangering anybody else. So kudos to those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, man, Rogers. You know, he he deceived. He deceived the public, man. Him and the Packers, they deceived the public and the NFL because I'm pretty sure the NFL knew that he was not vaccinated. They had to know. I'm pretty sure they had to know uh, of all the team status. You know what I'm saying? So so the NFL doesn't get a pass here. The Green Bay Packers definitely doesn't get a pass. And it's going to be hard for the NFL really to punish him because of the fact that they knew. So, so it's going to be hard for them to punish him, man. I mean, because I was listening to uh, I was listening to a talk show last night, and the and the NFL gets a gets a weekly report of players that are unvaccinated, players that are vaccinated. Not unless the Green Bay Packers, you know, I haven't heard the Green Bay Packers come out and say they didn't know that he wasn't vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? So, and they're not going to even if they didn't because they're not going to throw their guy under the bus. And then I don't think, and and so let's say if they send that report in. The NFL had to know that he wasn't uh, vaccinated. So what are they going to really do, Anthony? They can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I was on the baseline that the NFL did not know that he wasn't vaccinated. But, you know, you're probably right. They probably, I would assume they did know. I don't know. I mean, does the NFL get a report from the team? So did the team tell the NFL that Rodgers is vaccinated? They have to. They they have to. According to this, um, I was listening to – to uh, the Chris Bouchard, Rob Parker show. And according to, they have to submit a weekly report. But, but my question is if the team tells the NFL that Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated, Aaron Rodgers, then the NFL is going to assume Aaron Rodgers is vaccinated. I don't think the NFL is going to be pulling vaccine cards for all of its players. So I think they're going to go by, they're, they're going to assume that there's some integrity of these teams, man, That's and that true. that list is going to be accurate. That's my point. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you like this right here. If, if, if in fact, Green Bay sent in a false report, then, then you, you're, you're opening a whole can of new worms. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, that's when you start looking at fines and taking draft picks and then obviously suspension for Rock, for Rodgers. And I'm, you know what I'm going back to the way they freaking dealt with the flake gate and Tom Brady and how. Yep. Did that crap, man. You know, so yeah, let's just wait and see how this thing plays out. But I'm with you, man. You know, just like I said, kudos to all the athletes who are unvaccinated and stand behind that belief. Uh, like you said, with Wentz and 
and uh, cousins of those guys are always masked. Kyrie was masked. So, yeah, man, um, Rodgers definitely – this is something that he is going to have to answer for and to be just selfish. I mean, your team is 7-1, and one, right? So your team will probably, although they're playing Kansas City, Kansas City's not that, – that's not a surefire loss for Green Bay based on where Kansas City's at right now. But if your team loses you for a couple of key NFC games, that could be a problem. You know, you could be looking – because right now Green Bay sits atop the uh, NFC rankings, Okay. Um, they're seven and one, but they, you know, obviously they uh, have the, uh, the, the, uh, they have the, uh, tiebreaker over the Cardinals. You follow me? Yep. So, and, so, and they have so, not had a bye week yet. A- absolutely. So, so, so right now they, they are number one in that conference. So let's see how this plays out. But man, I'll tell you what, if he, uh, in fact is suspended a couple of games, and and they lose to an NFC point. That that's gonna be that's gonna be just the ultimate sign of I, I I'm I'm an I guy. I don't think about my team, and I've cost my team. You know? Yeah, man, one hundred percent. And I'll even throw this another layer on top of this. A lot of people already think this is Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. All right, and whether that's true or not. All Aaron Rodgers has done here now is open the door for Jordan Love to come out and potentially look impressive these next, let's say, he misses two games. Let's say Jordan Love comes out these next two games, plays really well, and, you know, they win a couple football games. Even, obviously, Rodgers is going to get his starting job back once he comes back. But does it make Rodgers expendable at the end of the season is the real question. A lot of people think he's potentially heading to Denver anyways. But then my big question would be, if I'm a team like Denver, do you really want this clown in your locker room? And I'm not kidding. I'm being dead serious here. And and you know me, Joe. I'm, I'm the biggest Terrell Owens fan in the world. There's no doubt about that. I love Terrell Owens, right? And everybody talked about him, dis- disruptive locker room. But – you know what? What Rodgers has shown here is way worse than anything that Terrell Owens ever did, in my opinion. So, yeah, man, I, I if I'm a team that, that needs a quarterback, I would very highly question after all this and just the arrogance. You, you use the word smugness. I'm going to call it arrogance, the arrogance of this clown, um, whether I'd want him in my locker room and lead my franchise because I wouldn't. I, I'm so happy that Dak Prescott is our quarterback after hearing about, you know, this guy over, over the last week. I'm just – it's crazy, man. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see how this thing plays out, man. Let's see how it ultimately affects the uh, Packers and their and their basically uh, run for Super Bowl, you know, because they're definitely one of the five – NFC teams that are true legit contenders to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, and these next two weeks, like say you got Kansas City tomorrow, that was going to be the marquee 425 matchup. We know Kansas City's on the rocks, but, you know, that could be a big turnaround game for them. And then next week, Green Bay's supposed to, I believe, travel to Seattle. I know they play Seattle, and from what I'm hearing, it sounds like Russell Wilson is going to be back healthy. Yeah. But not healthy, but he'll be, be back, back at least playing. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back playing that game. So, I mean, you know, th- these next couple of weeks are going to be really big for the Packers and jockeying for that seating in the NFC. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. So let let's just see how it plays out, and uh, 
man, I'll tell you what, it's been a crazy week. And another thing that I loved about this, I don't know if you saw the exchange between Stephen A. Smith and Jay Williams. And yes. how Jay Williams just absolutely owned him in terms of how he treated Kyrie and how he treated Aaron Rodgers. And he's <laughs> right, by the way. Or Jay he Williams was, was spot on. I didn't get Stephen A's. I didn't see his rebuttal, but I'm pretty sure it was still uh, Jay Williams basically read him his rights. I'd be surprised if Jay Williams is ever on first take again, man. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what, man. That this week with the Rodgers stuff has shown me why I watched Skip and Shannon versus watching first take. And because Shannon was the biggest Rodgers supporter ever. And as soon as this came out, Shannon did not even blink to just call Aaron Rodgers out for what he was, right. what he is. And that's what, you know, that's why I love Shannon Sharp because Shannon calls it like it is, man. And and Stephen A, of course, is going to be wishy-washy because Rodgers is his boy. And, you know, I don't, I don't, that's just crazy. So <laughs> I, I, that's why, I, this is why I like Shannon Sharp much better than Stephen A. Smith. I'll tell you that. Right, 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 well, right. Well, look, man, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Dallas Cowboy football here before we kind of talk about these some of these NFL matchups, and then we'll get to the championship weekend at Phoenix. Um, so the Cowboys, Dak. First of all, we got to talk about last week because it was a Sunday night game, and we didn't get a chance to do a reaction pod. I was at work, watched basically the whole third and fourth quarter at work, um, but watched most of it. So. Um, as week both, as you kind of predicted, uh, Dak did not play last week. Uh, Cooper Rush came in and just talk about Cooper's performance last week, how you thought he did, and you know, just overall, how surprised you were at the performance of our team last Sunday. So, well, I was very surprised that Cooper, um, obviously, he started out, you know, he had the nerves, he had the butterflies, and you know, we both listened to the uh sounds on the sideline and, and you saw where he was being coached up and coached through and basically uh, guys were encouraging him versus, you know, coming down on him and leaving him and, and kudos to Dak. And Z. Yes. They really. They really showed their leadership and guiding this young man, you know, uh, Dak was in his ear, man. A, a, absolutely. So man, once he settled down, bro, he looked really good. It surprised me. He looked really good. Um, I, I, I was so happy for him. He basically, I was looking at a report, uh, I think it was Dave Hellman. Cooper Rush went from being, you know, basically out of the league. Cause I think the giants let him go. Right. Yep. To now based off that one performance, he's probably going to be in the league another five to 10 years just Easily. off of that one performance, bro. So kudos to him. Um, I thought that uh, he instilled confidence in me if Dak were to go down for a couple of more games that I think he has that success shows me that he can, as long as he used the weapons that he has around him, he has Kelly Moore. If he can just eliminate mistakes, I think we can stay afloat until Dak comes back. So I'm very happy for him. I was very happy for his family. You saw where his dad was like, be smart, be smart. And then, once the kid threw the touchdown, his dad was it was unbelievable. So I was I was very very happy for him, and and it it really really has uh, solidified my belief that this team is ready to do something special, bro. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I, I have these. I was telling you, man. I have these problem with backup quarterbacks in Dallas. I have flashbacks to 2015. Still, I'll call them nightmares. They're not flashbacks. You know, sometimes I wake up at 
two o'clock in the morning and I have a nightmare of Brandon Whedon with a star <laughs> on his helmet. Because, man, that was just like, that was a nightmare season. And then Matt Castle wasn't any better. And then last year, of course, I, I was when we were texting throughout the game and you were being critical of Cooper early, I said, well, you look better than the Newts looked on Sunday night football oh last God. year, right? Yes. Remember how bad Domenici was last Newt's year? Was all terrible. He was so terrible. So, look, he outplayed all those performances. Cooper played – I thought he played kind of below average in the first half, and you're right, it took him a little while to settle in. And then after he made that throw to Cedric Wilson, that 73-yard touchdown where, you know, he hit the guy right in stride, right in the middle of the field, and then Cedric did the rest, I thought he settled down and played fantastic the rest of the game. Uh, so, yeah, props to Cooper Rush. He was a pro, um, and you're right. He's definitely – that was probably a $10 million game for Cooper Rush last Sunday because he's probably going to be in the league as a backup for five-plus years, making a couple million dollars a year. So he basically – made at least $10 million based off that performance last week, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he will be a backup in the league now for, for a while. So really good performance. Um, but a couple things that I want to point out about the Cowboys, just kind of one about last week and, and going forward. One, I got to give my guy Zeke credit again because if Zeke doesn't make that play on third and 11 where he basically runs through two defenders um, to get the first down I don't know if Dallas wins that game because we're settling for a Zerline field goal one I don't know if he makes it to tie the game and two we're probably going into overtime and Cooper Rush in overtime just not sure how that would have worked out he's never been in that situation before so I give Zeke a lot of credit for that third and 11 play I thought that was the biggest play of the game um, and then two, something interesting that they brought up uh, that I saw on Twitter this week that I wanted your thoughts on. Um, the Cowboys defense played fantastic last week. I mean, the defense is really what won them that game, holding Minnesota to 16 points, including a couple of times where turnovers happened. They didn't give points up off a of turnover. So they eliminated, you know, Cooper Rush's mistakes by not rewarding the Vikings with points. Um, but one thing they said, they said, look, the Cowboys defense is an is a probably average defense. However, they have a star at all three levels of the defense. And when you have a playmaker at all three levels, it, your defense is even though it's average, it's going to look above average because those guys can make a play, cause a turnover or something of that nature. And when you look at it, man, that's exactly what we got. Randy Gregory is the defensive line star. I mean, he came through, had a big sack last week. He's made countless plays against New England. We kind of lost momentum. Gregory had the sack fumble. We got the turnover. That turned the game around. At the linebacker position, of course, Micah Parsons is a star at the linebacker spot. He played his best game as a pro last week. He had like 11 tackles, was all over the field. I questioned whether that middle linebacker spot was right for Micah, but, man, he played outstanding last week. And then, of course, in the secondary, you've got Trayvon Diggs with the seven picks. And, I mean, he's absolutely changed games this year, you know, with his ability to create turnovers. So just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. I hadn't really thought about that before. But, you know, we really do have a star at all three levels of the defense. And that, you know, that playmaking ability is going to be big down the stretch. Yeah, no, agree. Gre Gregory uh, <clears throat> Gregory's just – he's outstanding. He's getting better, man. Um, saw a couple articles on him. So happy for that guy based on where he, you know, where he come from and where he is now. So very happy with him. 
Parsons. I actually like that they took the green dot away from Parsons. So yes. he's trying to get his bearings and and <clears throat> kudos to the coaches for recognizing that he might have been overloaded and overthinking. We see now when he's just reading, reacting, he he's just a monster, man, based off of that uh game that he had. We saw where you know where you sent me where he was in the facility even before uh, Dan Quinn. So that showed me that this kid is just he loves football, man. And then obviously Diggs. You know, my only concern with Diggs now is Diggs got beat a couple of times, and I know Justin Jefferson is just a load, right? But Diggs is he's got to be very careful because what he's doing now is he's actually playing for the interception versus playing, you know, and he's got to be very careful with that. Because if not, he's going to give up a big play at the wrong time, and that's probably going to cost us, you know. So I just want him to settle back into it and let the kind of let the game come to him, you know. Because I I notice where it looks like he's he's playing for the pick versus actually playing the position. Um, so so I want him to be able to control that. And uh, yeah, man, I I really really like our defense. And man, just think <clears throat> when we get. Uh, the 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 original hot boy back Demarcus Lawrence man lead we're gonna be it's it's gonna be unstoppable man yeah there's some sarcasm in that last statement right there <laughs> yeah we yeah at this point take us down IR for the rest of the year and I'm alright I know man you time. know I you know I know I you know I did that just to take you, a jab at you man you you did you did but now <laughs> I I agree with what you're saying about Diggs he gave up the big plays to Jefferson early the big PI but then he settled in really nice yeah but I'll tell you the other guy that was crazy because it's another guy that I'm eating a little bit crow crow on now but. I think Anthony Brown's played really good over the last month. Maybe he it's has. just me. He has. But, no, he has. you know, last week he was lined up with Thielen pretty much the whole game because Diggs had Jefferson. And, yeah. man, he, I don't really yeah. remember Thielen doing a whole lot other than that opening touchdown, which that wasn't – you know, he wasn't locked up on Anthony Brown in that opening right, touchdowns. Right. So, yeah, man, I think all in all the D- Cowboys defense has been great. And then – Last thing there on Randy Gregory, um, before we'll kind of pick tomorrow, we'll start some picks and we'll start off with Dallas. But I'll tell you the thing, watching sidelines, side uh, sounds of the sidelines that I do every week and the press conference and stuff, I really think that Randy Gregory needed an outside voice to come in and talk to him about being a pro. You know, I just don't think Demarcus Lawrence is that kind of leader, honestly. I, I don't. So I don't know if Gregory having Lawrence there the last – three years really done anything i believe terrell basham has done a lot for randy gregory just basham's he's an average player right he's not a great player but he's been in the league for what four or five years now and he's just a pro and it seems like him and gregory are always kind of together on the side of the sounds of the sidelines they're pretty tight and i think something like that where you've got a guy who's been a pro been in the league and can just kind of show somebody like randy gregory the ropes I think that means a lot to a young player like Gregory. So um, kudos to Basham for doing that because I, I I really give him some credit for how how Randy Gregory has matured this season. Absolutely. And one more thing I wanted to bring up on the offense too. I really want Kelsey involved more, you know. And I know he's getting a lot more attention based on what he did the first part of the you know the first part of the year there. Um, I just want him to become a little bit more involved. You know, am I am I am I wrong with that? It just seems like he's kind of faded a little bit. I think no, you're right. I think so. What it looks like to me, 
um, and and home uh, Broadus brought this up. Cooper Rush, he likes for whatever reason he's more accurate throwing the ball to the outside than he is the middle of the field. Gotcha. So if you kind of look at a lot of the throws he made last week, other than the one big one to Wilson down the middle of the field, but most of the throws he made were to the outside to Cooper and to Lamb. And if you remember the really bad picky throw, he was trying to throw it in the middle of the field to Jarwin. So yeah. I think last week that was why Schultz was kind of a. Uh, you know, didn't get a lot because I just don't believe that's Cooper Rush's game is thrown in the middle of the field. He's more comfortable taking a one-on-one matchup to the outside. Um, it, but I do agree, you know, when Dak comes back, we know he's going to be looking for 86 um, down the middle of the field quite often. But, yeah, they definitely got to make sure he stays involved because, you know, he's a matchup problem. He tried to double up CD and Amari, and you've got, you know, Schulte, one-on-one with the safety, we like that matchup. So, yeah, I think they definitely will get him involved. Yeah, because Schultz, has the same amount of catches as Darren Waller. He has the same amount of yards. And he also uh, he also uh, has the uh, one more touchdown than Waller, too, which is surprising. But so it shows you that we have a, have a, have a great, uh, great tight end on our hands there. Definitely, man. All right, so now kind of going around the NFL, getting some picks for this weekend. Obviously, we'll start in uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, who you got? One, one. do you think Dak is going to play tomorrow? And two, um, who you got in the game? Yeah, no, I think Dak is going to play, and I got the Cowboys big. I got the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to put up at least a 35-burger, and uh, I, I think the score will be about 35-17 Dallas. Yep, agree with you. Almost, I had my score thirty-one to seventeen dollars, so we're okay. both pretty dang close. Um, I think I think Dallas is going to get up big. I think the game will be basically over by the middle of the third quarter, and I think in the fourth quarter it'll be uh, it'll be some garbage time touchdowns by the Broncos after it's pretty much over. What'll make it thirty-one to seventeen? Dak, I think, is going to play. Sounds like he's pretty much a hundred percent, and you know. Denver's is not a very good football team. They, they've got some wins this year. They're four and four, but they beat both New York squads. I think they beat Jacksonville and they beat Washington. So they really don't have any wins against great teams. Um, and then Denver is just different on the road, man. It's hard to go to Denver. If Dallas had this game in Denver, I would say it's going to be a lot closer than we think. But with it being in Dallas, I just like the Cowboys chances. And with it being a one o'clock game, uh, I can't remember who I read it from this week. It might have been Hellman, but uh, Dak's stats on one or a noon. Technically, it's noon because there's Central Time noon games uh, in Dallas. His stats are like ridiculous for his career, man. He has like an insane quarterback rating and thrown an insane amount of touchdowns. So, yeah, I think Dallas wins big tomorrow. All right, man. What about Cleveland at Cincinnati? Man, uh, Cincinnati coming off that horrible loss to the Jets. Um, you know, which the NF, the refs kind of screwed him there at the end. But, uh, you know, Cincinnati's got a little bit of issues, man. The former Cowboys backup quarterback Mike White threw for, what, 400 yards on him last week. I think that's going to be a problem. Um, but I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I told you a couple weeks ago I'm out on Baker, although I think Odell not being there actually will help Baker out. But ultimately, I just don't think Baker Mayfield's a guy. I think Cleveland will realize this down the stretch this year. And I got Cincinnati winning that game pretty close. 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't think Joe Burrow will allow them to lose this game. Although Cincinnati, you're right, they're kind of they're kind of playing a dangerous game there, and uh, they they got to kind of get back on track and focus. And uh, I think Burrow will let them uh, lose. And then you're right, Baker, he's still all banged up. I I think Cleveland would have a better chance. Case Keenan, but looks like you're going to go with Baker. So I got uh, Cincinnati in a close one, winning by three. Hey, before we get to the next one, Odell getting released, uh, or he'll be released Monday and going through waivers. Um, one, uh, what do you do? You think he'll have an impact anywhere? And two, where do you think he's going to go? Uh, he's done, man. He he's he's not that guy anymore. He's he, yeah. I I don't know. He could, man, Anthony. That wasn't even. It wasn't even anything. It wasn't big news to me. You know what I'm saying? I just think, I don't know, man. He may go to, golly, where where can he go, actually? I, I So, I got him going to Oakland because I think yeah, he's going to fill right. in for you're right. with, with Rugs. With Rugs. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That, that's a good one, yeah. I, yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. I don't even want to call Odell Beckham washed because I don't know if he was ever – arrived to be washed. Um, I always thought he was overrated. I thought that he was a decent receiver who made that catch against us on Sunday night football that everybody fell in love with because of one crazy catch. But I never looked at him like a top guy. And I think that he's ultimately – He's he's T.O.'s sizzle without the steak is what he is, right? Yeah. He tries to act like, you know, give that Randy Moss T.O. type of diva style, but he doesn't produce anywhere near the – I mean, he couldn't hold T.O. or Moss's freaking jockstrap. Let's be let's be real. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's probably – I think he's going to go to Oakland, and at the, ultimately I don't think it'll matter one bit because I don't think he's that guy either. Yep. Houston um, at Miami. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, I think Houston's going to upset Miami. Uh, I think Tua will play good now that um, he knows that he's staying there. They didn't, you know, they didn't do the Watson deal. They didn't pull the trigger on it. Um, So I think Tua will play well. But I think Houston's going to win this game because Tyrod Taylor is supposed to play. Tyrod played really well the first week of the year they got the a win and then he played pretty good in week two until halftime and then he went down and then davis mills has just played awful since so i think tyrod's gonna give him a spark and i think they're gonna upset miami yeah i i, I thought that too but i still think miami being with them being at home and like you said Tua, you know sees now that it's his team and he doesn't have to look over his shoulders i think that'll be enough it'll be close but i think uh miami will get the win it also, um, we got to talk about this because we were very high on him last year. Uh, just my perspective, I'm not out on Brian Flores yet. I know a lot of people are kind of out on him because they've struggled this year. I still think he's the guy. I love him as a head coach. But I think he needs a young um, kind of play caller type. He needs a Kellen Moore type of play caller to help him on the offensive side of the ball. Remember, Flores is a defensive coach. So, you know, I just don't think they're dynamic enough on offensive. They could be with Tua. So I'm not out on Brian Flores yet, but I think he's got to go get him, you know, one of these Kellen Moore type of coordinators to help him on offense. Yeah, I, I think next year is pivotal for him. Absolutely. Um, and really, man, the rest of these one o'clock games are pretty crummy. Um, let's talk about Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, one. I guess Trevor Simeon's going to be playing that game for the Saints. You know, prayers up to Jameis who tore his ACL, which sucks. Um, 
But I think uh, the Saints probably still pull that game off against Atlanta. I just don't believe in Atlanta, man. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I actually like Simeon. I think he has the right temperament as a backup. He knows his role. He's not going to do too much. Um, he doesn't really put the ball in harm's way. I, I, I like the Saints in this one, especially being at home. Atlanta and the Saints, that's a nasty rivalry, man. And it, it's, it's, I, I, I got the Saints in that one. Yeah, and it sounds like Ridley, now he's deactivated for at least three games for his, you know, whatever personal issue he's going through. So prayers up to Ridley, but I got to be honest, I am wasn't sad to see these missing three games because that means we won't have to deal with them next week against because we play Atlanta next week. And, man, Ridley's a bad boy, so I didn't want to have to mess with him. Oh, yeah. Um, Minnesota and Baltimore, that should be a pretty decent game. He got there. I got Baltimore, man, especially with uh, – I, I, I really have Baltimore because did you see that play where Harrison Smith tried to choke out C.D. Lamb? Yeah, what, man. What a – that, that was crazy, about? man. Dude, that pissed me off so bad, man. So I, I want – Minnesota needs to lose out, man. That really pissed me off, man. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Now, I like Zimmer a lot, so I hope Zimmer really gave him an earful in the locker room or throughout the week because that's just uncalled and called for. Um I'll tell you what, the bottom line for any game that I picked the rest of the year involving the Vikings, um, I'm just going to say Kirk Cousins lost to Cooper Rush, okay? That is the epitome of Kirk Cousins. He's not that guy. He is all stats and no wins. So I'm I'm out on Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year. Any game that Minnesota plays with Cousins a quarterback, I'm taking the other team. Exactly. Um, hey, what then, about Buffalo? Buffalo at Jacksonville? <laughs> Yeah, Buffalo's going to win that game big. They're going to go into Jacksonville and just wipe the floor with the Jags. That one, that one might be that might be the mid to mid to mid thirties, low forties to the other team having like seven or, or zero. That's going to be really ugly. Yeah, man, Buffalo big. Um, and then four o'clock, we got a few decent matchups. Philly played. I mean, they bounced the the Lions last week. Although it is the Lions, um, so Philly's got. The Chargers coming into Philly. Chargers have lost a couple games in a row, lost to the Patriots last week. So do the Chargers rebound to get a win against Philly tomorrow? No, I got Philly. Philly's actually start. I think they're starting to find an identity. And um, I got Philly, man. I, I think Philly wins that one. I think it'll be close, but Philly wins. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. I just The Chargers, I think, are going to make the playoffs and – if they're going to make the playoffs after losing to New England last week, they can't lose this game to Philly. It's a must win for them. I think they'll recognize that, and I think they'll have a bounce-back game. Philly's pass defense is horrible. I mean, we we lit them up on Monday night. You saw it. You know, you had the best seat in the house to see that. So what we did to Philly's um, secondary, I expect Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler and those boys, I expect them to do the same. Um, Green Bay and Kansas City, that big one we talked about earlier. This is kind of a toss-up, man, but um, I'm going to go with Kansas City to win that one. I just I think Jordan Love will struggle in Kansas City for his first start. I think it, you know it's just going to take him a while to settle into the game, and I think Mahomes is going to have a bounce-back game tomorrow. Um, I think that you know after he had the bad show on a Monday night, He's had several bad showings in a row. I think eventually this, you know, a 430 primetime game against the Packers. I think this is the kind of game Mahomes gets up for. I think he'll have a big showing tomorrow. I got Kansas City, but close, real close. 
And how do you think Jordan Love's going to play? You think he'll play well, uh, or he'll be? I, I think he'll be. I think he'll be okay because Kansas City doesn't have lights out defense, so there'll be some opportunities. Um, I just think when it all said and done, it's going to be kind of last team got the ball wins. Definitely. And then last four thirty matchup uh, before we get to a really good Sunday night game: uh, Cardinals versus Niners. Um, who you got in that one? I got the Niners in that one. I just think Jimmy G, for whatever reason, I think he kind of settled that team down. And um, I just – I mean, Arizona's talented and everything, but I got I got San Francisco in this one. I, I like the Jimmy G factor here. Yeah, I think the Niners are going to win that game too, actually. I don't think the Cardinals are 7-0 and or 7-1 and good. I've basically been on that fence all year. I thought they played a really weak schedule to start the season. And that's one of the reasons why they've been good. I know they did blow the Rams out. They got the Cardinal. They played the Niners before, but that was with Trey Lance very early in his career. I thought they kind of got lucky to, to go against Trey there. Um, and then, of course, they played Seattle when with when 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 Seattle got hurt halfway through, and they got Geno at the end. So I, I'm not as big of an Arizona believer as some other other people are. So ultimately, I think the Niners are going to upset them tomorrow and win that game, especially with it being in San Francisco. All right, and then the 8:30 Sunday night matchup. This is a good one. Uh, Titans going to the Rams. Who you got? I got the Rams, man. I wish Derrick Henry didn't uh, have that injury. I got the Rams. I know they got Adrian Peterson coming back, but the guy's been on the street for what about a year and a half. And I know he still looks great, but I just don't see them gelling together. And the Rams are just crazy explosive. So I got the Rams. I got the Rams actually pretty handily. Yeah, I got the Rams winning that game too, especially with them being in L.A. Um, I just agree. I think the offense, the identity of the Titans will be tough. Although I do think Adrian Peterson's going to help, but I think he's only going to be able to help for like four games. I think it'll take him a couple weeks to get into football shape, then once he's in football shape, I think you'll have he'll have like three games where he looks really, really good. And then I think that's all his body has in him, three or four games. He just, man, he can't handle a whole season anymore. It's just too old. And they really don't have anybody else. So I thought, I'll tell you, I, I thought the they made a grave mistake because when they heard that, you know, uh, Derek had that fifth metacarsal injury. I thought they should have gone out and got Melvin Gordon because I believe the Broncos were sellers. They got rid of Von Miller, and I think they would have given Gordon up, and I thought he would have been a perfect fit to, you know, take Derrick Henry's spot in that offense. So I think AP will help him, but just just not long-term. And I'll tell you, I'm worried about Derrick Henry, man, because that injury is the injury that basically ruined Dez's career, in my opinion. That That's that small bone in the top of your foot. It's really easy to re-break once it's breaked once. And, um, you know, remember, Dez actually came back after six weeks, re-broke it again, and was out the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm concerned, man. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I mean, I, man, I I just hate it for him, man. I really do. I hate it for Henry, man. I thought he's on a record place to possibly get another two thousand yards, based on you know there being a seven games, uh, seventeen game season. But yeah, man, and you know they're gonna have uh, flashbacks to when Tennessee and LA played in the uh, Super Bowl, so we'll see a lot of that. But, uh, yeah, you know, we forgot one game. We forgot New England at Carolina, 1 o'clock. Yeah, I'm taking New England. I think New England's starting to 
catch their stride right now, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mac Jones, I just don't think – I think he's going to do enough to win the game. I think he's a rookie quarterback who's playing pretty well, just kind of a game manager. But I think Coach Belichick has really found the identity of his squad. So I got New England winning that game uh, fairly big. And Carolina, although they got the win last week, Sam Darnold, I was high on him early in the year, and I thought, man, maybe he's career resurrected and he's turned back into Sam Darnold over the last month. So I expect uh, I expect Belichick to have his way with Sam Darnold tomorrow. Yeah, same here, man. I like Mac Jones, man. I think he's probably going to be the best rookie quarterback out of this this year's Agreed. crop. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I and I I just think that uh, um, even with McCaffrey coming back, I just think New England start hitting their stride, like you said, man. So looking for it's going to be a close one, but I'm looking for New England to pull that one out. Hey, also Monday night matchup, not a great one, but we'll talk real quick about it because I want to talk about. Uh, one guy in particular, Chicago versus Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game, you know, pretty handily Monday Night Football at at Pittsburgh. But I thought Justin Fields played pretty good last weekend against the Niners. He had a pedestrian stat line, but I watched a lot of the game. He made some really nice throws. He made a couple. He made one play with his legs that was just unbelievable, like a 40-yard touchdown run. So I kind of like what Justin Fields has been doing. I'm not going to completely write the book and say he's a bust I got I got a friend of mine who's a big Washington fan and he has already said Fields is a bust because he's having flashbacks with Dwayne Haskins but I don't think Fields is the same as Haskins I think he's different I think he's gonna be all right yeah tell your friend he's dead wrong that kid is improving every week um this guy named Greg Cosell who only looks at the film he says this guy he's actually with NFL films he says uh Fields is just made leaps and leaps of of improvement and uh yeah he's just got to get the the right the right system around him i think he'll be fine but that kid can make the throws bro so yeah your friend's wrong man <laughs> and, and they have no offensive line i mean he's Absolutely. literally a horrible offensive line he, he, now that adam gates is gone i think matt Nagy's the worst coach in football i mean he is the worst <laughs> head coach who's who's worse than matt Nagy, man give me somebody <laughs> Man, <laughs> you can't, you can't do it. Urban Meyer. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. Urban Meyer and Matt Nagy are fighting for worst, yep. uh, worst coach in the league. So, That's right. Yeah, man, I believe it. I believe in Justin Fields. Although I think you think Pittsburgh wins that game big. I don't think big. I think it'll be closer just because Big Ben is a liability. I don't care what anybody says. And uh, I think washed. it'll be closer. Yeah, he's washed. I, I think it'll be closer than what people think the score will be. But I, I still have Pittsburgh. Yeah, me, me too. All right, man. Well, that was a pretty good uh, NFL whip around there. Got our LeBron and Aaron Rodgers stuff off our chest. So it is championship weekend for NASCAR. We're down to our final four and pretty much what we thought. The only difference is I thought, you know, I basically thought it would be Larson, Chase, Hamlin for sure. Those three. Yeah. I thought the fourth was going to be one of the Penske guys and it just didn't materialize last week. So you actually got Martin Truex Jr. as number four. So it's basically Gibbs versus Hendrick tomorrow. Uh, so first of all, who you got winning the championship, and do you think uh, you're going to have to win the race to win the championship? I think you're going to have to win the race to win the championship. And uh, I'm going with the nine team. I, I found some things out. We'll keep that conversation between me and you. But when it's all said and done, 
team is going to go back to back. I think they got the package. Um, I think they got this car. This car has been, you know, according to what I'm hearing, this car is <clears throat> is a lot better and expected to do a lot better than the car they had last year. And uh, it's a it's a it's a track that is right up Allen's. Uh, Allen has his has his uh, his his pulse on this track, and I look for the nine to go back to back and pull this thing out, man. Yeah, that's a homer pick, right? You now nah, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Um, I'm gonna I'm going with Larson to win the race and the championship. Um, I do agree you're gonna have to win the race to win the title. Um, I just think Larson's been the top guy all year. He just has led the most laps. He's always winning the races. The big thing with Larson is can he not have a mistake? If he doesn't have a mistake, if he doesn't have a pit road speeding penalty, if they're able to run a clean race clean pit stops, clean on pit road, you know, penalties good, then I think he's going to win the race um, and, and get the championship. So um, ultimately I think it's going to come down actually to Chase and Larson because I think they're just a little bit better than the Gibbs cars right now. And I think it'll be a really good battle between the two of them. But ultimately I just think Larson's been that guy all year and he's going to get it done. Um, so yeah, well, I got Larson to win the title, but, um, I would be, uh, reminisce. We do have to talk about last week just for a little bit here. I know we're running about the hour mark now, but, uh, what'd you think of Alex Bowman's move he put on Denny? And then what'd you think of Denny's reaction, uh, after the race to the move? Um, I thought Alex Bowman's move was, uh, it's, it's, we're racing, man. We're racing. And this, the whole thing about, you remember when they first started the the uh, the, the the chase in, in in the playoffs, and they they expected all the teams that weren't in it to just kind of bow down to the teams that were in it and all yep. that stuff. Well, guess what? That that's that's no more. Everybody's out there to win the race to get the best finish for their team, no matter what. Especially with how competitive it is from a sponsor aspect and things of that nature. So, guess what? Everybody's racing for the same real estate. He didn't do anything wrong. He won the race. Hamlin has to get over it, bro. And Hamlin was just acting like a big baby, blocking the guy, doing all this stuff. Man, just you made the you made the 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 you know the championship floor, bro. You got beat. Get on your get in the hauler, change, get on your plane, and head out and get ready for the uh, championship. You know. Yeah, and I love the you know. He calls him, well, he's just a hack because, you know, his teammates outrun him every week. Dude, Bowman's won four races now this year. What are you talking about? He won more races than you did this year. Exactly. So, Mike, you know, I, I had absolutely no problem with the move. It's Martinsville. It's short track racing. It was under 20 laps to go. And he moved him out of the way. Um, do, I, do I think he meant to spin him? I don't. I don't think Bowman actually meant to spin him. But I do think he meant to, to move him out of the way. And if you really look at it, they were racing side by side like that for like seven or eight laps. And Denny was pinching him tight, which is exactly what Denny should do, right? He should pinch. You make the move to pinch a guy tight and, you know, run on his quarter panel like that. When you do get turned, if you do get bumped, move that out of the way. You have to accept the consequences. And I actually thought about your boy, uh, Chase Elliott, during that because I thought, man, this right here, what Bowman just did, is what Chase should have done several times throughout his career, and he just refuses to do it. So um, I'm happy that Bowman had the, you know, cojones to make that move, and he got rewarded with the win. So I was I was all for it, and you're right. Denny's just 
it just makes me not like Denny even more. So I couldn't pick, even if I really in my heart of hearts thought Denny was going to win tomorrow, which I don't, I wouldn't pick him anyways because I just can't do it. <laughs> and you know what that show, that show, you know, you, you had that incident with Harvick and Chase, and now you got Denny and uh, Bowman. It just shows that those guys, Denny and Harvick, are kind of on the downside, as with Kyle Bush and those guys. And you just got a new crop of young, talented drivers ready to take the mantle. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you keep the sport going, bro. Definitely, man. Just some some good stuff. And, you know, and Kyle Bush and Keselowski got into it at the end of the race. And Kyle Bush said some things. And now he's going to sensitivity training next year, next uh, to start the year next year. NASCAR mandated that. So, wow. yeah, man. It was, did you see that? No, I did not. But that's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, he said the uh, he said the R word, which I'm not a big big fan of that word either personally but Kyle did say it on TV so they threw him in sensitivity training which let's be honest man that's like a PR that's just a PR thing Kyle Bush probably going to be sleeping through sensitivity training that don't mean nothing but you know it it is what it is and it'll probably be by zoom too (laughs) yeah exactly and he'll have the camera on and he probably will be doing stuff around the house while the camera's on Zoom. He probably wouldn't even be paying attention. Exactly. Exactly. So, but no, man, this was really good. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I can't wait to watch our boys get out here at one o'clock. Um, I'm I'm not doing anything, not feeling well, like I said. So um, I'm going to chill around the house this weekend, get some, you know, cleaning done around the house. But other than that, I am doing nothing. And tomorrow from one o'clock until the end of the day. I'm going to be a couch potato. I'm going to be watching na- uh, football, NASCAR, and I may be, maybe even turn the NBA on a little bit uh, over the weekend here as well. So, yeah, man, we're loving – love this time of year when it comes to our sports, man. It's a good time of year. Absolutely, man. Hope you feel better, and we'll see our fans on the other side, man. All right, man. Take it easy. Me too.